I'm your host, Frederick, and this is Expat Diaries. Kate Dahl is a well-known American in Denmark, and for very good reasons. Running CareerDenmark.dk with strong inside knowledge on a smooth relocation to the north, Kate is sitting down with me to go through the hustle and the bustle of the journey. And Kate, then I just wanted to uh, say welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Frederick. It's awesome to be here. So thank you for inviting me. And so I'm not upset, but somebody last time forgot to press record. But I'm not blaming anyone. So it was some technical <laughs> difficulties we had there. No, it's no one's fault. I mean, it's just things happen technically. And one, yeah, there's some technical things and miscommunication. But now we're doing round two. And so we're going to make it awesome and better than ever before. That's it. So. Actually, yeah. I, you know, when you like, you interview and you, you sort of have some questions in your head. And I think this time, you know, it's all else being held equal. It's going to be better, I think, because I, I sort of have a better idea of who you are. And so probably yeah. my questions are going to be a bit more specific or something like that. But Kate, can you just please go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my name is, uh, well, so I'm Kate Dahl. I'm a career consultant for internationals in Denmark. And what I do is I teach internationals how to job search in Denmark without losing themselves in the process. Um, well, what does that mean exactly? Well, I think, of course, Don't get me wrong, of course, when internationals come to Denmark, it's important to learn the uh, Danish cultural context when it comes to job searching, right? But I think a lot of the times we, when we lose ourselves in the process, we tend to forget like to show our personality. Because I think in Denmark, it's very much about showing your personality. It's about, it's also about a balance between being professional and being personal and I think that's also a challenge and you but you also need to be you as well and you don't always need to give up your values in order to like go for a job and I'll give an example um, it's right now for a lot of Danish companies it's important to have a picture in your CV for example right but I give different advices depending on your background and your ethnicity and there's also like companies like Nova Nordisk who are becoming progressive saying please don't send your picture in your CV otherwise your application will be disregarded um, so that's what I mean as well is that it's, it's like when it comes to like the picture and so on is that not every advice is, or a strategy is going to work for everyone and that's why I try to tailor specifically to that person depending on what their background is uh, but I also do workshops for ACAS and municipalities etc to give more general advices on how to go about it and workshops that uh, can be still pertained and still work for a lot of internationals in general as well so that's what i do absolutely so kate I, we can obviously hear you're super uh knowledgeable in the field can you take me through like what led you to denmark in the first place yeah love love makes you do things like that's come it. to denmark <laughs> that's it. Awesome. awesome yeah that i'm married a i ended up marrying a danish man i fell in love and that's it you have to be really in love to go to denmark is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> Come to the cold with no sun. Got it. <laughs> or anything. So, and so yeah. maybe like of course you can relate to that journey of moving abroad and and you're also consulting and, and moving to the country you're living in. So what kind of like obstacles 
and pros would an expat have um, moving to Denmark? Let's let's go for the the cons. Like, what kind of hassles would would such person have? Is culturally, is it like finding that job? Is it the language? It's a it's a mix of a lot of those different things. Um, it's about navigating through the culture with communications. Um, it definitely is language and learning the language. I mean, Danish is so hard. There's a joke about where you talk. It's like talking with a potato in your mouth, and I'm not kidding. That's exactly how it is. And I like to also like make the joke that it's kind of like uh, Danish language is like a heart monitor. It's just flatline, and that's how it sounds. So it's like a heart monitor on a flatline. <laughs> so, because in uh, in a lot of other languages, you go up and down, right? You have like the beat. You have you know more excitement, or you you do have the excitement in the Danish language. It just might be harder for uh, foreigners to pick up on that or to pick up on jokes, sure. um, because you don't have these strong intonations like you do in other languages, like in German or Spanish or English. Uh, whereas in Danish, it's it's pretty flat, and then there's a joke, and you're like, "What's going on?" Right, <laughs> so, got it. Uh, and so yeah, so language is a really big uh, thing, but also picking up on those like small nuances about jokes, and even when you have the language, it's also about the culture, about the humor as well. Because um, I know for some, uh, like for example, I love the Danish dark humor like that's quite common like i love it and to and i think it's quite similar to british humor like with monte python um and i and i love that that type of humor uh but not everyone gets that uh but if you and i would say if you want to understand danish humor watch a lot of mads miggleson's films of films <laughs> like not the uh we're not talking like i know what you're talking you're thinking right now Frederick, but it's not like the hollywood like a uh, version of Mads Mikkelsen. It's more like the Danish independent films that he used to do, like uh, Adam's uh, sure. Apple. Yeah, uh, what's all fantastic movies. And, and he just, exactly, just go to IMB and then you can find all, like Mads Mikkelsen, and then you can find all those films. And that's like a really, really good example of Danish humor as well. Or The Green Butcher, that's an excellent movie. I would be I love so that movie, terrified like, of I, showing my expat friends those movies actually. Like I keep those strictly to my Danish friends because yeah. I'm so I'm so afraid of the the prejudices around our humor in in particular those movies. Like I love those movies, right? But they are like very distinctly Danish to me. Uh, but mm. the fact that you uh, you made it through like those movies. <laughs> No, it's funny because I love them. Like I love those films, awesome. but I, but I, I, I did. I was. I got adjusted to it because of my Danish husband, right? right. So otherwise, I would have never known. Um, but I think a, a good part of it when is job searching if you don't already have a job in Denmark, or a lot of the misconception, especially from spouses who come with their husband who are offered a job in Denmark. They're like, oh, I have this degree. My husband was able to be recruited. Um, it's going to be the same in my situation. It'll be easy, no problem. And then they have such a hard time. And they're like, well, why aren't, why wasn't I recruited? Why didn't I go through the same way as my husband? Well, it's also because it's different. Like, if you, like your background is probably different than your spouse's, right? right? So not maybe not all the time, but that happens quite often. Right. And so then they have this different expectation and coming in and then they're like struggling sure. uh, to get something. So integration of the job market can be 
one thing as well. So I would say those are the three things is the culture, language, and can, and can be job searching as well. So, so, so you would say like, you know, you read in the news a lot on different blog posts, whatever, that Denmark is sort of like an utopia for work-life balance, maternity leave, all of these kind of things. Um, is there like a backside to, to that, like accessing those like benefits we have in, in the, the, in Scandinavia, like, is it very, is it a hard country to move to basically is, I guess is what I'm asking. Like if you're not a citizen, absolutely. Sure. Like, yeah. And so, and I don't want to give the conception about like, you know, find a Danish partner and come to Denmark because like, it's still very tough. Like it doesn't matter if you are, if you're lucky to find someone that you fall in love with to move into the country. Like, I mean, it, come on people, like, let's keep your morals and stuff. Like, just don't come and try to find someone. That's not how it works. Right. Um, and also, um, it's how, how else to put it. It It's also about like, you know, even like, uh, for example, like recently, uh, there's been a new law change uh, for uh, that, how to put it. If you are married to an EU citizen who's a Dane and you have children with them, then you have the right to stay now until they're an adult. And before then, that was never the case. And now Denmark is now going back to old cases from five years ago where the Danish government has separated families because of this law. That's very sad. Or because of of the uh, old rules. And so now that the EU law has been implemented, they're now going back and revoking a lot of those old decisions. Wow. So so it's like, so it's very, very tough. And it's also like if you're a non-EU citizen, you have to meet certain criteria as well. Like you have to get, in order to get the... um, uh visa to work or like the fast track scheme or the work visa you have to make x amount of money uh they just recently lowered it from like 450,000 krona to 350,000 krona in a year which is still quite high but it's still better than what it was you know and um and also yeah, but there is something called the positive list as well. So you're, if you may, it's on Nui Denmark, and anyone can look at this, whether they're an EU citizen or not. Right. They can look through and find, okay, what is the labor shortage right now? Mm-hmm. And they and that's a really good way of reinventing yourself because it's uh, updated every six months, January 1st and July 1st. And you can find what is in demand in the market. And positive list means that your visa for your, for your work will be processed faster because they need these areas and skilled. And it's those for are those who are highly educated and skilled labor. So those are between. So you don't necessarily have to be a master's. You could be a bricklayer or you could be, I've also seen like an organist or a priest, which is bizarre, <laughs> but they bizarre. like Denmark needs priests right now. Oh, and oh, really? they need organists. Wow. It's weird. I was going to have a but, huge amount of like priest community listening. So we could maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> up that out there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> But double check that's true. That was the last. That was when I last saw it, like uh, earlier, like like uh, last year. But I haven't seen if that's been updated yet. But that's when I last saw it. So double check if that's the case. Wow, Kate, uh, it's so interesting. Actually, I just want to give the listeners a bit of backstory, and I actually want you to maybe tell that. So while while we've been talking, I've been switching to a Take Barbecue T-shirt, and so just 
like take me through basically you were speaking at um scandinavia's biggest tech event and um i was the one checking you in actually for that event and just maybe yeah talk about what like sort of events there are in denmark for you and and why they wanted you to speak there and what you spoke about yeah so it's funny because now i have to go into the story about how we met because yeah it was exactly we met at tech barbecue and then it was like a few years later you connected with me and i was like wow this guy's an interesting profile and then i saw that you're on a podcast and then sent you a linkedin message and then you're like i remember checking you in and i was like oh my god (laughs) like i don't remember this guy and then once we met and like uh and talked uh, before doing the podcast. I was like, oh, that's the guy I remember. And so, yeah, and, and at the time, uh, back in, uh, was it 2021? Uh, yeah, so I was okay. doing a talk about like tips and tricks on how to get a job in the tech startup world, because that's my background. Okay. Uh, before doing what I do now, I work in the, uh, I worked in the sales startup tech industry for four, four and a half, five years and had multiple positions which we can also go into further later if you want right um but there are so many different events that you can join uh that could be relevant for you like there's the yeah, tech barbecue there's uh, hr tech x uh that's a little bit more formal um there is networking i, I really like tech barbecue because it's a lot more informal and there was like so many more opportunities to do like decide what you want to do and right. the organization is just spot on it's not that hr tech x isn't organized but it's very much of a feeling of corporate is definitely focused more on hr tech or I hr keep, topics like, in general. getting email from those guys like really so i would not say it's super organized like i get an email like every other week i think up till that event and like i know it's corporate so i'm not really going uh, also i'm not living in denmark <laughs> so that was my little <laughs> hiccup of receiving those emails like i i probably i'm gonna love those guys but i keep receiving like marketing emails from them but i actually did not know that like it was a reputable event there uh, how big it is it, well it's considered at least anyway uh sure. there well it's also an, it's also run by students Gotcha. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about so, that. Like, so I they're love... only by students, okay. uh, HR Tech X. Um, and that's the difference between HR Tech X and Tech Barbecue is that, that uh, I feel that uh, Tech Barbecue is mainly run by volunteers. Yes, they have like their main staff, but the main staff is there permanently and they're there on the long term. So they have a lot more experience also with organizing such a big event, whereas HR Tech X um, I, I'm not sure how long they've been there or if their staff is permanent. I have the feeling that it's not. Uh, but that was when I went like two years ago. That could have changed. But that was my impression of HR Tech okay. And also like the difference was like they use, I don't know if they still use a set, uh, tech barbecue, but at the time it was an app called Brella. And I really love Brella. Like Brella was like blew oh, my yeah. mind. I remember that. Uh, like blew my mind where you can like, make a profile and then like you can meet and talk to people and have 15 minutes and that was absolutely amazing and hr tech x has like they try to make the same thing and it's their own but it's not as good it's it's a little like it, it was yeah they didn't give enough time and space and like 
and tech barbecued was just so much more organized when it comes to the time for networking whereas hr tech x it was the app was just a bit clunky okay. but a lot they maybe have made the app better since then you yeah. know but it's, either way i'm sorry for my rant i'm sure it's a wonderful event i'm sure, I'm sure it's great uh kate i just want to sort of talk about because i live in lisbon i'm doing this call from lisbon as um, in the in the south i just wanted to grasp upon like what kind of profile per se would you i don't know if i should use the word recommend but like what kind of type of person goes to denmark um like i know for sure the expat scene here in lisbon is very vibrant right it's very young it's people studying for the erasmus program it's people working uh for my clients mostly in the customer service things like that Um so it's, it's a lot of like young people living here or retired people. So what would the reasons be to go to Scandinavia basically? Besides uh, to have a better life, okay. uh to be able to have a better work life balance, to have better opportunities uh for their children. Um I mean the education system is very good here like even if you're an expat you can go to I mean, you can do like I guess you can all over the world go to international schools that are uh, reputable, uh, so to say. But um, I, I I know like for myself, like or and talking to other expats that you have you're able to work less and get paid the same amount okay. or a little bit more, that's even though you have like the taxes and stuff. Like, sure. and that's also like I tell internationals like. Even though you might get a better salary, you are going to pay high taxes, and is is like one of the highest taxes in the world. Right. But uh, you you do get benefit. Like it it actually costs just as much as if you pay for like private okay. health insurance and like for sure. like taxes, or it, it all kind of like balances out in okay. the end uh, for what you get. Okay. Um, I personally like I'm for like this is this is probably very political. But I am actually very happy to pay my Danish taxes because also it pays for my da- my Danish courses. Right, and this podcast is not endorsed by the authorities. In no, no, no. This is not, this <laughs> I'm having a microphone up an expat's face, telling <laughs> telling that she's having to pay taxes. I love it. Uh, yeah. No, I love it. So basically, Kate, what you're saying is that you just get a bill upfront for all the services you would sort of need anyway, right? like insurance um you can you can go to the library you can get healthcare you can get a free education stuff like that like instead of roads you roads. get amazing I, i'm like it's funny because like i love the roads like even the country roads are paved because i come from <laughs> michigan from the countryside and like and you go on the highway and you hear kadang 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 and then, and i think when i every time i go back home i'm like thank god for my taxes and for the amazing roads i have in denmark wow. and i know like people find that insane but i'm just happy to pay my taxes just for the roads awesome <laughs> so. I'm, i'm so happy that that makes you excited that's awesome uh kate like do you when you like consult your your clients about you know coming to denmark is there sort of like a rough screening process um that you would take them through in order to make sure that okay this could be something for them like would they need a job at hand first before they sort of consult you or like just maybe explain a bit about your services is what i'm trying to ask 
Yeah, sure. So I always advise that if uh, that it before you decide the, to come to Denmark, you need to make sure that you want to come to Denmark because a lot of the times I have clients are like, I would like to come to Europe to get a job. Please help me. And I'm like, well, great. Where do you want to go? Because how you job search in Germany or in Portugal or in the UK is very culturally different than Denmark. Like, yes, there is like the typical corporate how to do things, but it's also like very, very important to do understand the um, uh, like how to do things in the Danish cultural communication aspect when you come to job search, when you write, make your CV, motivational letter and job interview, et cetera, right? Um, and then once I kind of figure out where their head's at and, if, and I have find out if they're committed to Denmark, then I would say, okay, if you really want to come to Denmark and you're interested in getting a job in Denmark, or maybe you're in, uh, in Denmark and you've been trying to find a job and haven't been, or you're just simply interested and you just came to Denmark, you need some guidance on uh, how to get a job in Denmark, then I would ask uh, you to fill out a, an evaluation form. And that evaluation form is kind of replacing the call because I'm just so busy. I don't have time to do these uh, calls anymore because they're just, it's the same thing. So I would ask literally the same questions um, as I would in a call anyway. And it's quite thorough uh, where I would ask questions like simply about, have you learned how to uh, make a CV in the Danish cultural context, something like this, or like, you know, ask questions about how are you networking or are you networking or are you, are you being proactive and are you taking initiative uh, when it comes to the job at think questions like this, right? right. So I'm asking questions like to, for them uh, to understand where they are. Right. And then uh, maybe I need information, more information to make sure that, okay, maybe they don't need this, uh, the CV, maybe they need like more help in actually targeting the application and maybe they need more of the communication right. so then they can skip a step. So then I, so there's a process that I do, like maybe I need to ask more questions after the evaluation form and then I will give advice on what sessions to take. So I don't believe, I, and that's why like I'm not a coach because right. a coach is a lot more about the emotional support. I give, I'm a consultant. I give more practical advice on how to do things. And when right. I, and I, what I teach is a topic. So I go through, so let's say I get say, okay, here are the, the, the sessions that I would recommend. And maybe they would be one, maybe they would be four sessions, five sessions, how many, um, I ha I'm honest with, with people and to decide what this is, what you need or what I believe you need. I understand not everyone can do all five. So maybe I'm like, well, you can start with one and then you can see if you want to continue later on, for example, like it's always up to people how they want to do it. Right. Awesome. So then I go through, let's say if they need to do a CV, uh, I will do fee written feedback before we meet online mm -hmm. and then we meet online to discuss it and to go through it. And if they want the extra feed that back, uh, then they're welcome to do it uh, if they want. But that's optional. You don't need to have the extra written feedback after we talk where they can send it back. But it could also be different if it's like a session about how to network in Denmark, right? Because then it's more of like a lecture where I talk and we go through things and, uh, and how to go about networking virtually 
or how to go to events because even like in the previous question you uh, asked also about the events and I always said about two events mm -hmm. uh, that were considered reputable um so it's also like there are different ones in different conferences because I can't think of others like on top of my head but you can always go on LinkedIn and like do keywords about like local events in the area okay. or even like virtual because even if they're like virtual events you'll still have like Danish people or those living in Denmark going attending virtual events right. and you can also connect with them and say hi I'm going to this event uh, virtually uh, I hope we can connect and maybe we can talk about it later you know right. and then you can like after the event you can see if they have time to have a virtual coffee meeting or something like this if they attend it right. so it's up to you but I do but essentially like I I like I yeah, I, I do like different topics and like and I give advice and I do have like a step process. Like, for example, a common issue is like with a lot of internationals about being proactive is how to contact Danish companies for the job ad mm. because they don't know. They don't know. Like, I mean, most Danes don't even know, understand how to do this. Like you're told that by the job center, you have to make the call. Right. Well, how do you go about making a call, you oh. know, at the end, right? So it's about the process and the communication. It's about knowing how to ask the right questions, right? So I go through that and I ask for the job at before I, for beforehand, we go through it like uh, together. I help with that. So what I do essentially is to give uh, the client tools so that then they don't have to rely on me in the future. Of course, we can always do it again. But that's not like the goal of that. Like what you're paying for is essentially a course that is practical that we do uh, exercises together that are beneficial and are tailored to the client. So that's what I do uh, essentially. So I hope that makes sense and how my sessions work and Absolutely. also uh, yeah, what I do. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. Uh, Kate, actually um, that failed episode we did, I asked you about what's the best bakery around town right now and you actually mentioned that you're not really like a pastry kind of person so just like what do you then do when you go out like is it is it beer like <laughs> well what what's good in Aarhus right now I guess I'll, I, guess uh, I don't out. even drink beer which is funny really? I live wow. in Denmark I just go like beer is for the week I just go for the hardcore wow. liquor and I and, I, and like, wow. I just make that joke but it's like no but it's but what I mean is like, I really like cocktails and I gotcha. really like sweet, like I, 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 cause I don't want to sound like an alcoholic cause I'm not like, I don't, I, I hardly <laughs> drink anymore. Like There's I a lot of things in this podcast. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. And so like what did the city of Aarhus, um, you obviously been to Copenhagen quite a bit. Do you enjoy Aarhus more as like a standard of living? Like what differs those cities? Um, to be honest, like I really do like Aarhus, um, uh, but I also really like Copenhagen in a different way. And I can't say that it's like a different standard of living, because if I were to be honest and very brutally honest, I would would be very open to moving to Copenhagen. It's just that my husband's family is in Aarhus. Got it. And uh, and of course, it's nice when you have a small kid 
that the in-laws are nearby and I have that opportunity where the in-laws are very happy to take him so I can be right. on a dinner date with my husband. But right. I mean, not every expat has that luxury. Mm -hmm. Like, And I understand that it's, it can be very difficult because then you have to pay for a babysitter all the time, plus right. the food and the drinks and stuff like oh, that. Wow, that yeah. could really add up, right? Um, and so, I, but, I, I, but I really do love Aarhus. I like that Aarhus feels a little bit more center, right. but I also live in the center. So it's just really nice that it feels small enough, but right. also feels like familiar and has a, I hate to say a big city five because I know Danes are mm -hmm. like, are who's in the big city? Like <laughs> that town, you know, but it's really like, but a two American like me who comes from like the bumpkin village, like two hours away from Detroit, it's a city. Like, right. like, like but in, I bet Indians, I know what you call the town because they're like, oh, like you haven't seen Mumbai yet, <laughs> you know, but I, yeah, but I, but I did love Arhus in a way it's just like, you know, very familiar and compact and it feels enough that it's a city, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. But I also do like Copenhagen where it also doesn't feel too big for me as well, but it's where you can do different things and activities. And I, and I also know for like my career, like I like definitely would like move or would really be open to moving to Copenhagen for sure right. because also Copenhagen has a bigger expat community mm -hmm. it's just like and there is a big expat community in Aarhus too mm -hmm. it's just well I also have to consider my husband's needs as well and so I'm also happy in Aarhus it's just a matter of like you know it's funny because I'm in Copenhagen right now and uh and I did a talk yesterday talking about my story with tips and tricks and so on. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I had a, a participant who came to my workshop in Aarhus last year, and then she moved to Copenhagen. And then, and then she told me that when she came to my workshop about how to, uh, uh, was how to contact Danish companies for the job ad, she had like no job interviews like whatsoever. And then all of a sudden she did get job interviews. And she told me that when she moved to Copenhagen, like, I think it was also about the move to Copenhagen as well. So it could have been like a mix of both, like the workshop right. and moving to Copenhagen. It could be a little bit of both. But she told me that she loved Copenhagen so much more because the expat community is bigger. The city felt bigger to her. Uh, she felt like there's just more to do, felt more space to bike. And I was like, more space to bike? <laughs> like, there's a mean? lot of space to bike in Aarhus. But she was like, yeah, I just like, like going and going to different areas and it's new and but she's only That's been there funny. for six months so she's in the honeymoon phase ah, i got you oh the good old honeymoon phase i got you yeah definitely yeah so it was just, i think it's even less than six months because it was when it was the workshop so time. oh maybe it was <laughs> but anyways <laughs> i'm like trying to do the math in my head does, but no um does um yeah, but she loves sorry it. to cut you off there i was just gonna ask about uh, la cabra that's like my favorite coffee place in yes. Aarhus for sure. Do they like how much is a pour over there? How much do you pay for a coffee in Denmark right now? Uh, I don't know because I don't drink coffee. Oh, I just wow, go okay. to get the bread. <laughs> I, I don't drink bread. I don't I don't drink beer. I don't drink coffee. Right. I am like You like cocktails. Like, you like the old gin and tonic. <laughs> I love it. Kate, I wanna keep this sort of uh short because I think like once we meet in person again, maybe I check you in for some other event. I kinda like wanna do a part two of this podcast, but I just want to say uh, thank you for being on the show. And also, I think I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of expats in Denmark that you you do a really important work there uh, of, of onboarding people uh, per se into the Danish culture. Because it is not easy to move countries 
And that is also what this podcast is about. It's a lot of obstacles, uh, whether it's Denmark or Portugal, you know, you're going to have your own experiences. So I think you do a really, really important job that you cannot really put a price on. And also you had to, you know, go through the grind yourself and you can teach others that. Um, so I just want to say, yeah, um, I'll see you soon, I guess. And uh, thank you so much for being here. See you at the next event. Hopefully Tech Barbecue. Probably not HR TechX, but probably Tech <laughs> I'm Barbecue. I'm so sorry, you guys, for the rant. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, thanks for being here. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.